So, Howdy, and welcome to Cast Protection. Cast Protection is a Stranger Things podcast. We discuss uh, the Netflix show Stranger Things. Tonight I'm joined by Mr. Chris Tyler. Hey. And Mr. Dave Adbury. Hey, how's it going? Yep, my name's Jonathan Kreitz, and um, you can follow the show on Twitter, at Cast Protection. You can find our group on Facebook, and also you can email us at castprotection at gmail.com. And if you email us, uh, I promise we will read your email on the show. And saying that, we have an email to read on the show tonight. All right. Woo-hoo! All right. Uh, this one came to us from Victor. He says, hi, guys. Hi, Victor. I just finished your, yeah, <laughs> I just finished your latest episode on Stranger Things 3. This was... Um, not our last episode where we did the Aliens commentary, but the one before that. Yep. He says, luckily, from the time of your recording, we got a release date teaser as well as a poster. I think the poster he's referring to is the one with um, the fireworks where yeah. they're holding hands and kind of looking back over, over the shoulder. He said, I collected some of my theories and observations in the links below. I know that one of you guys is monitoring the Stranger Things subreddit, and I was thrilled to find that you touched on some of the theories that I am interested in as well. I'd like to hear what you guys are thinking about the release date teaser and symbolism in the poster. Down below, you'll find some of my theories that I've posted on the subreddit. It is an amalgamation of rumors that I've heard online, things I've read on the sub, and in the world turned upside down book, and things I've heard from interviews of the cast. And he shares three links to three different um, subreddit posts for the Stranger Things subreddit. And he says, cheers, and thanks for a good podcast. Well, thank, well, you, thank you, Victor. I, I, it's cool to find someone in the wild like that that has listened to our show. And um, I'm pretty, I would have posted our stuff in that subreddit a long time ago, like our episodes and that kind of thing. But they have an explicit no personal promotion oh, posting rule. Yeah. Yeah, but, better off. Which is not the same. Yeah, it, I'm sure that there's a, and I've never looked into it, there probably is a self-promotion subreddit, but... Maybe. Probably get lost in there anyway. But, th- I mean, thank you for finding <laughs> us, and uh, I will definitely be checking out the uh, the theories that you posted as soon as I get some free time in the morning. Well, uh, let me just say this. I don't know what happened between him sending this email oh, no. and tonight, but when I click on those, when I click through to those links... Uh, it says user deleted in the top post. So all the comments are still there, but his three posts that would start each subreddit thread there are gone. Oh, no. So, you know. All right, Victor. If you, maybe, if you're, maybe he can check back in. Yeah, if yeah. you're still listening, send in what your theories were, you know, even if it's after you've got confirmation on them or uh, disconfirmation on them, because we'd yeah, love to yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah, I think he might have been writing in. I think he might because the, the the labels are still there in the email. He said Monster from the Poster was one spoiler theory on Morse code from the book, and that had to do with like when the East meets West, and that's leading to the idea that there might be some like Soviet spy involvement in the new season, um, and that came from the Morse code, I believe, in the Upside Down book. Okay. And then he had another one here about IMDb credits. Okay, I haven't seen that one. But that's definitely a way to get sneaky with it is, you know, combing through all the IMDb credits and kind of yeah. trying to piece stuff together that way. That's smart. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Victor, we really appreciate the email. Sorry we couldn't get through to the threads. Maybe you can – maybe you've already reposted them under another username for all I know. But if so, yeah, send us that as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
so that was cool. We hadn't had an email in a while, and I checked, and that one was there. And um, man, there has been such a flurry of activity <laughs> yeah, oh, in yeah. the last in the last just in the last week for one, but in the last several weeks. But I think it's only going to increase in the next month because we're less than a month away from uh, season three dropping. So there's just going to be more and more hype, more and more little teasers, and more and more stuff coming out. That um, that that subreddit's been just rolling the last few days. I've been on there a lot recently. So yep. Cool. Well, we have been uh, as a group. We've been chatting about you know what we want to cover as we're in this final kind of rundown of season three. And all of us in different ways have been keeping up with some of the tie-in material. There's official, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you're aware of this, but there's official Stranger Things tie-in novels, comics, and other stuff going on right now. And we've all, we've all kind of touched different angles of it, but uh, tonight we're going to talk about a few of those, a few of those things before we talk about the, the lead up to season three. So where do you guys want to start? Um, why don't we start with the comic? Because that was the first bit of um, expanded universe material that actually came out. Yeah, you're right. It started last fall. Um, it's four issues, and I mean the basic summary is like this is what was going on with Will during season one. Yeah. Like what Will was doing in the Upside Down. If you're gonna summarize it in one line, that would be it. What did you guys think of the? Did y'all? Did you both get a chance to read it? Oh yeah, I read it. Yeah, I read it as well. Dave, did you get a chance to read it? I didn't, but I'm ready to hear your report. Awesome. It's really not going to be any spoilers because it's it's um, it's pretty much the mirror of all those brief times when we would actually get a glimpse of Will in the Upside Down from season one. It's his perspective, and they and they do some fun sort of tying in with events. Um, nothing life altering really, but it's right. just fun stuff. Um, there's an interaction um, almost with Barb when she's taken into the Upside right. Down. Um, there's another interaction where he's the reason why Nancy is able to get back through the tree uh, back to Jonathan. Yeah. Um, it's, um, so it's just it's one of those nice things that just sort of plays with the established continuity. And I don't think yeah. there's anything continuity breaking in it. Um Depending upon what you know, what your head canon is at, at this point with the show, but uh, it was, it, it was, it was very, very entertaining, and it's a, it's a pretty quick read. It's it's the art is pretty good. It's not a plus art in my opinion. Um, they, uh, mine either. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you thought about the art. The covers are great, um, and all the variant covers that they did are they're all very nice. Um, they capture the feel of the show. The interior art is definitely. Um, it's budget, not not budget. Uh, they do a, they do a pretty good job with the likenesses, um, and I'm sure that what depending upon what the timetable for this was for the artist, it, the you can tell the artist has could have probably done a very painterly, super accurate version, if this wasn't going to be a mass market four issue, bang it out miniseries. Yeah. Uh, but it's you know when they do, you know when they do comic art and it's like they just. Um, the inking is is light. It's like pencils. It's, the, it's almost like yeah. pencils and colors, not oh, not a heavily yeah. lined style. 
I, I actually think that's I don't I almost feel like that's the style they're going for not necessarily maybe a time constraint I don't know I almost felt like it was the style they were shooting for maybe not but it's, it's certainly possible but when you think of the upside mm. down and you think of how shadowed and off kilter it is um, I don't think they kind of bite onto that aesthetic no. as much as they possibly could have and again no. it's you know if it's ostensibly an all ages comic it's maybe you're not going to do that with it but I just it's nice and, and I'm glad that I read it and I, I, I will be getting the collected edition obviously because I'm, I'm me but uh, if you think about somebody like I'm going to say Mike Bignola like could you imagine what he would have been able to do with the upside down no yeah no yeah gotcha Yes. No, I, I I also thought it was really clever how you kind of, I mean, you see Will's part of the story and how all those phone calls with Joyce, you know, the lights he would basically trigger him running from the Demogorgon the whole time, which that, that too, like, was cool to show him doing that. I, I felt it was a little unclear sometimes like the Demogorgon would be almost about to get him and then would be gone. And it, it had a few, I don't know. I just it's, felt like the yeah, storytelling aspect that was a little unclear sometimes, but I actually did think it was pretty clever how it tied it all in. What did you think about the part where he's in castle buyers and he's basically, I have to watch season one again and see if there's a, a hint of this on the out, the real side world, you know, the, the real world, that Eleven basically comes to him and, like, encourages him before the Demogorgon gets him. That's Do you remember the, that part? Yeah, that's that's the kind of the rub. Um, yeah. And it's I'm sure it's something that's easy to do in hindsight when everybody glommed on to Eleven as, you know, one of their favorite characters. Um, again, it doesn't break the continuity at all. Um, and the, his mental and physical state while he's there would he even remember, you know, who knows? And again, she's traipsing through the astral plane, you know, any time yeah. that she's going there. So it's it's certainly possible. Um, I think it was just it's it's a storytelling device, and it's a way to sure. tie in the major characters because they don't interact until season right. two, right? Uh, really not. Yeah, even, not really not even until the end of season two. Barely, right? Barely. So it's, it's he's he's the enemy when she comes back. Yeah. Later on, yeah. So I I didn't really mind it either. I didn't actually go to see if there was any kerfluffle about that on the internet. But Will has some version of you know like foresight or uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. What you, true true vision, true, true sight, true, true vision. Sight, yeah, um, he's, he's in the here. Dungeons, yeah, yeah, in the Dungeons and Dragons parlance, parlance going along with yeah. his his character. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's I don't know. Um, Maybe it works a little different in the upside down. That's certainly possible. Yeah. Um, and also, I did think it was also like he's in, in the comic at least he sees the mind flare in, in the last issue. I think it basically is he's about to be pulled out of the upside down. He he sees like an endless plane of basically mushed together bodies that make up the ground, and they're all basically saying, "You will join us one day, or you'll be here one day." Yeah. And the mind flare is just kind of hovering over everything. 
So that's a kind of a scary premonition of, I guess, what they're up, up against. Yeah, it was def- definitely creepy. Like that kind of stuff, the, the stuff that might be alluding to what's to come. And again, it's mm-hmm. something that can only be done in hindsight of the second season. Of you know? course. Um, but it is really, it's probably more off-putting than just the um, the alien homages that are in the first season with the, him being all cocooned up. So right. it's uh, very, very creepy. Again, and, and they do the... And they call back to the end of season one where he has that glimpse of the upside down after he pukes up the the slug where he's looking at Nancy, I mean, at um, his mother and Jonathan, and they look all uh, zombified, decomposed, like they're upside down, which was, that was kind of a a real good punch to, to end it with, knowing what we already know from season one and season two. I I 100% agree. I actually felt it made me feel worse for him than I already felt for him. Yeah. That in that moment he was seeing, it, you know, if we take the comic, you know, pretty straight up, that that's what he was seeing. It made it worse than because you got the sense at the end of season one or in the beginning of season two, he was just getting like flashes, but it wasn't. It was it would just be like the room around him changed or the street has changed. It wasn't that he was seeing people. In a messed up way, so yeah, that was that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I would say the art was for me, uh, unfortunately, like a little inconsistent, a little too pedestrian. But that with licensed material, especially uh, like from Dark Horse, yeah, I feel like that's kind of that's kind of par for the course. I've read a lot of licensed Star Wars books and Alien books and other stuff that had very, you know. C C range, low B range kind of art, you know. They're not putting their top no. top guys on that. It's serviceable, and it's more about yeah. It's more about the story and the characters than the art, anyway. So yes, I'm willing to give it a pass on that. If it's yeah, I would agree. If you like season one and season two, and you want just a little more, little another little bite from from the universe, um, I believe the trade is out already because I think I saw it at Target a week or two ago. Yeah. Uh, which means it'll probably be in your local library too if you don't want to spend the money on it. Yeah, it can't be that much money either. I mean, it's a four issue trade. I think it was, think it was like about eighteen dollars. Oh, that's too much for four issues. Yeah. Well, if you have a Target card, you can get five percent off, and I'm sure. Right. Keep your eyes peeled. It'll be you'll probably be able to find it on Amazon used or eBay. Used oh yeah. Relatively yeah, soon. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have to double check this later, but I think the guy who does all the key poster art for the first three seasons, mm-hmm. I think he might have done the covers for the series, or at least his first one. Mm-hmm. Kyle Lambert, I think his name is Kyle Lambert. I think that sounds yeah. right. And I yeah, know that, I think. Yeah, they did do some variant covers too. I don't think they were done by him, and I don't have a full list because I think they yeah. each one had three or four different covers. You know. Oh shoot. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's the first comic series I bought digitally. There is a, uh, another one starting up to this. Uh, I think, I think it's it might, first issue might already be out. Already be out. First issue might about, might be out. Yeah. And it's about um, number six. That's correct. It's called Stranger Things Six, and it, the first cover I was looking at the other day shows a young girl. I think it's a young girl in a car. Like, she looks scared, and littering down around her are pieces of paper that are on fire, and I thought, oh, I wonder if Six is a fire starter. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> it would make sense. Yeah, so I'll, um, I'm sure I'll be checking that one out, too. Yeah, I'll check it out as well. Yeah, I'll check it out. 
Cool. Yeah, I mean, the three of us are long-term geeks, nerds, whatever you want to say, and have read tons of tie-in material to our favorite properties from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, Dynamite, you know, all kinds of different publish, uh, comic publishers. So it's cool to see something like Stranger Things. It's not often that a TV show kind of makes that leap to licensed comic tie-ins for one of the big publishers like on, that. I on mean, a pay network, no less. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, uh, Dave, what do you what do you think we should hit next? You want to talk about the world turned upside down or? Sure. Uh, okay, go for it. Well, that was a fun one, and I. First off, I mean, it's just the presentation's amazing. Uh, just the way that the book was typeface, the way that they made it look like a used book, and it had the same kind of fonts and the same kind of layout, very similar to. Uh, 80s publications, uh, most specifically yeah, Stephen the, King books. The, the Signet Stephen King mm-hmm. font and everything, yeah. Yep. Which yep. is really fun. You know, and it's, it's pretty standard behind-the-scenes fare for the most part. It's, it's just kind of a celebration of the first two seasons. Um, I, I read the bulk of it just two days ago. I finally like just kind of burned through it until they had, had a free evening and, and I really enjoyed it. I liked that there was a sneak peek of season three kind of in the back. Um, definitely it's a little heavier on the season one info yeah, than yes. the season two info. In fact, some characters were completely glommed over, which I thought was interesting. Because it went to pretty good detail of all the other characters. Yeah, it, a lot it, of, it was probably being written during production, is what I'm imagining. It must have been. I mean, it, they definitely talked about the whole season, but there was like, I was surprised that it didn't um, say anything about uh, Paul Reiser's character it was pretty much yeah he's barely gift. mentioned but uh, but I liked it I liked it a lot you know it's just kind of a, it's I wouldn't say it's essential per se you know it's very much kind of a making up the first two seasons but yeah making up light a lot yeah. a lot more on influences than actual production yeah right but you know but if you're like us, and you're nostalgic for the time period that Stranger Things is homaging, then it's a fun read. No doubt. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot in there, too. I mean, I always find it interesting to hear about how different people became these kind of iconic characters. Mm -hmm. And there is quite a bit in there on the at least the casting of the initial season one main characters, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, and I think if you watch like the um, the oh gosh, what was the tie-in show they put on Netflix? Beyond uh, Stranger Things. Y- yes, yeah, it, you'll kind of heard some of it. Yeah, yeah. But I think I can't I, get through that though. I can. I think I watched the first like one and a half episodes, maybe. I I started it and I was like, you know what, I'm not gonna do this because I don't want to be repeating stuff if I know that I've already heard it. I just want to kind of do my own thing while we're talking about it. I'm sure at some right. point I'll get back to it. Uh, yeah. I, I watched them all with my kids. I just wanted to watch them. They were so after season two, they were so like dying. They just watched all of them. But uh, no, it's it's pretty good. And I, and I think. Um, I appreciate just the fact that, that um, they swerved when they saw how things were developing. Like the, most specifically, like the character of Steve, who was clearly meant to just be like the jock douchebag character. Yeah. 
from an, a, any 80s show, and then they they saw um, how great a find that they had with the, the actor and decided to pivot, which you know brought us to Billy in season two. He's he became the pure 80s bad guy, right? Um, and then also with the with, with Eleven, you know, with the idea of like they were going to kill her off at the end of the first season, and they were like, nope. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> can you can you even? I mean, I, I'm glad they had the wherewithal to be flexible and nimble like that, but it's like, man, uh, this this would all have been extremely different if they had followed oh, yeah. through on that initial plan. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, and I think I think that's an interesting part of storytelling is yeah, um, you know, seeing where the story takes you sometimes. Yeah, and I've noticed having read interviews and behind the scenes with fantasy writers that I like. Um, novels and also with movie makers it seems like I feel like the ones that I like the most the ones that are the most successful know when to go with that kind of uh, inspiration you know know when to go yeah I, I thought I was going to go this way with the story but as it started to pan out it went this way instead this is stronger this is better I'm going to go with it and yeah. uh, so like I mean, yeah look at Lord of the Rings I mean there's nine volumes of drafts that right. Christopher Tolkien mm-hmm. has released because that story changed so much oh, yeah. Yeah. during its conception. I've actually started on a side note, although Lord of the Rings is very tied into oh, yeah. Stranger Things. I have started listening to this guy on YouTube who is going through basically like line by line through the Lord of the Rings, and he's like a Tolkien professor, I guess. Ooh, okay. And it's just going into excruciating detail about all this stuff. And he has a second series where he's going through that history of Middle Earth series. It's about the development over, you know, really over like 50 or 60 years. Oh, yeah. Uh, that Tolkien basically created his whole universe. And um, I just started this week, and sometimes I feel like he gets a little too in the weeds, even for like my enjoyment but it's pretty good nice yeah well yeah the the world turned upside down book beautifully put together and i think we all as soon as we as soon as it came out and we saw early in uh they they talk about the duffers and some of their influence influences that led them to the creation of this program we all you know patted ourselves on the back (laughs) and that you know a lot of yeah, well, some of the some of the commentaries we decided on just from our own yeah. putting right. together the pieces from oh, season yeah. one, they listed straight up. Yes, these are some of our influences. So I think yeah. we uh, we all I, felt a little validation seeing that in print. I will. Uh, I think I might have mentioned it before, but I will. I will read the video night picks that are in here. Yeah, you might have said it a couple yeah, of episodes ago. Yeah. yeah, go for it though. We have Matt Duffer's picks, which are Close Encounters. Altered States, The Evil Dead, and E.T. And Ross's picks, The Thing, Alien, Jaws, and Poltergeist. Nice. <laughs> and, and then there's another whole page of just the King influences. Carrie, Dead Zone, Different Seasons, The Shining, Firestarter, and It. <laughs> so. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, um... You can tell which brother was going for the deep cuts and which one was going for, you know, the all-time classics, obviously. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, but it's um, cool. if you want if you want a nice book for your shelf, um, certainly pick it up. You can probably find that one used now on Amazon. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I I think it's actually been listed used by people because of the way that the packaging is. <laughs> so um, they clearly didn't read the little notice that says "Don't freak, this book is supposed to look worn" uh, right. <laughs> on the front cover. Uh, right. Oh yeah. But um, it's it's nice to have. It, it's worth it for the. Um, if you're going to spend the money on it, the morphology of the Demogorgon, um, which yeah, why don't you describe that? It's um, it's pretty interesting because when you get half, a little more than halfway through the book, you actually flip the book upside down because the the paging changes because you're then in the upside down, which is a, a nice thing. Yes. Um, and there's a whole uh, section just on designing the Demogorgon, which is rather neat with some nice behind the scenes photos of the actor in the suit. And it yeah, was a yeah. suit, enhanced yep. with CGI, obviously, but um, it does have the life cycle of the Demogorgon from Polywog to the Frogagorgon to the Catagorgon to the Demodog and the Demogorgon. So uh, if you're looking for something like that, you should definitely, um, it's worth adding to your shelf. But again, uh, let me look at the cover price on this thing. $36. Uh, it is a hardcover, so yeah, you're paying, you're going to pay for it. Um Books I think like, on Amazon, I swear it's like eighteen ninety nine or something you know like what? that. Yeah, right now, if you, if you can grab it for twenty or less, and you're a fan of the show, you should definitely pick it up. There's some Do nice, it. I agree. There's some nice greeblies in there, some nice feelies, uh, like the Morse code um, button and uh, a map of Hawkins uh, and stuff. So, oh yeah, the map take off the cool. dust jacket too. Yeah, if you get it. Yeah, take off the dust dust jacket as well. It's a uh, it's, my brain won't yell at you. But. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, if you're that big into the show, then it's it's worth putting on your shelf. Yeah, yeah, it's not like uh, I know you guys are familiar with like all the the Rinsler behind the scenes Star Wars yeah. books. It's not it's not that level of behind yeah, I don't the scenes. Anything is that level. No, it's scenes. more. You know what it really reminded me of was the art of Star Wars books, where the art of Ooh, yeah. yes. you know different books, where they it yeah. does have like. Yeah. Some very light production notes, like how they came about to these different changes, and through the art in that at least you see the evolution of the story. And, and it was more reminiscent of that kind of level of coverage than, you know, a true, like, beat for beat behind the scenes setup. But I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah. I got mine from, I read it from the library. I'm going to have to track down a copy eventually. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun read. Not world-changing, but fun. Yeah, yeah. And it did have a little hint of what was to come in Season 3, and I think what I recall from that section there towards the end was mostly that they're very directly acknowledging that the kids are getting older, that their relationships will, you know, deal with that reality of becoming teenagers, you know, not not young teenagers, but full-blown teenagers. Hormonal. Teenagers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think I think it's I think that and even just some of the little hints in the teaser and stuff like that make it seem like there's going to be some strife in the party. Uh, maybe just more even than last season. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. So that I'll, I'll I'll lead us into our discussion then on, on the first tie-in full-length. Novel. It's from Del Rey, who just like 
Dark Horse for the longest time did Star Wars tie-ins, and they they did all kinds of licensed properties, but the one I read the most from them was Star Wars. Similarly, Del Rey does a lot of tie-in fiction. They do all the Star Wars books as well, and they published Suspicious Minds by Gwenda Bond, and I think it came out in February. Um, it came out earlier this year, either yeah. January or February. And it's one of it, it's the first one to come out. There has since come out Darkness on the Edge of Town, which is uh, Hopper in Eleven. I think it has, a, from what I've read, it has a uh, framing device of Hopper Eleven asking Hopper to tell her about some of his police adventures in the past, and and so he goes into this backstory about a time when he was in the NYPD during the famous, or infamous, I should say, blackout periods they had back then. So, that one looks really good. Suspicious Minds, basically... That's that's the one I've been waiting for. (laughs) Yeah, no, I need to check it out, too. Um, I actually just plowed through Suspicious Minds Monday and Tuesday of this week, and I, for a tie-in novel, it did not give you a ton of... It gave you a whole story, obviously, that it takes place in the Stranger Things universe. It's backstory. It's a prequel. It takes place with Terry Ives and her circle of friends in 1969 and early 1970 as uh, Brenner brings them into the Hawkins lab as, you know, as basically the first of his hand-picked uh, subjects for all of his experimentation. Yeah. Uh, and it, uh, it doubles down on uh, number eight as being a, a central character to this universe, which I'm sure a lot of people are not going to be pleased about. Um, mm. And again, she's a child at this point. And yeah. It's for that episode of season two, The Lost Sister. The Sister, yep. Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's, it's kind of vital because it does tie in Eleven's mother and her sister in the in the program um and uh i i really i really enjoyed it it's pretty breezy um you know oh yeah it's 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 written very very succinctly you know it's not a long book but it, again it's just more flavor for for what's already there and and it is diving into some of the stuff that the duffer brothers have referenced as being important in their conceptualizing of this show, which was the MK Ultra program, um, which is, I think, essentially what Brenner is is leading <laughs> yeah. in this. Um, you know, the, the test for psychic abilities, uh, doubling yep. down on the on the King influences. You know, with Firestarter, it's basically it it <laughs> it's it's another version of Firestarter, essentially. It just, really is, just without the um, Charlie character, who I guess yes. is, who I guess is eight in this. Um, but uh, yeah, it's I. It's one of those things where they almost could have done that story as a standalone. Like they could have banged that out as a low budget, two hour or eighty, you know, like ninety five hundred minute special that they could have put on Netflix. Um, and I'm sure most of these tie in books will be that way. But it's it does. It does try to capture, sometimes anachronistically, the, the feeling of 1969. Um, but there's also a lot of good Lord of the Rings references in it, too, so that kind of kept me going with it. 
Well, yeah, so... To me, it, it did really remind me of the King influences on the Duffers because, because of the college setting, because of the music and the counterculture, I guess, angle to it. It really did feel like, it felt a lot like, um, I can't remember the character's name, but it felt a lot like some of the Dead Zone kind of setting. Because a lot of that was set in a, a college town as well, I believe, and it, and of course, Firestarter um, was very reminiscent of it. I mean, I think she—if I—if I had one like critique of it, I guess. Although I actually did enjoy it too. I thought I kept texting you guys that it was pretty good as I was yeah. getting through it. Was that, that you know she hits all what I would say like the stereotypical you know summer of love details: drugs, sex, rock and roll, the moon landing, Vietnam. It, it's all there. Yeah. And uh, it was funny how. At first, him wanting her to read The Lord of the Rings, I'm like, well, that that makes sense. That was the whole, that was when it really was blown up here in the States, you know, the whole Frodo lives, you know, thing and all that. But they they all take it to be like, no, they're the fellowship of bringing down Brenner. Like, they, and they refer to themselves that way constantly. Uh, it just, that was, that was kind of, it, it was funny to me how they really got into like, no, we are basically going to, be the fellowship of the ring, but if the ring is to destroy Brenner because he's that evil, um, it was just funny how they. We basically uh, we meet Eleven's dad. Yeah. As a character, and he's in he's in the first probably one half or two thirds of the book, and you kind of see where some of her rebellious side or strong willed side. I mean, this guy gets kicked out of school for pro, for being a protester of the war um and what we come to find out you know would i don't want actually i only want to say that i only say that but we meet him and uh his fate in the story is an interesting one as well i, I don't want to give any like big spoilers i mean yeah in case you want to read it um yeah and it does um it does touch on in some nice little ways very mm, surface foreshadowing of the upside down uh, one of one of um, Jane's friends is uh, no isn't 11 Jane no Terry 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 one of Terry's friends they're um, they're basically dosing her with acid and giving her electroshock and that's the first glimpse that somebody gets of the upside down of the rotting yes. world with the yes. creatures there yeah so, she sees she sees the demogorgon at one point yeah so they just they kind of weave that stuff in, so it's not just a, you know, not just a tangentially related to the to the story. It kind of pulls on that rope, so that uh, gives you just a little bit more backstory. Yeah, and it might be the same character sees flashes of the future. I mean, she sees she sees some of the events of season one. Right, right. In 1969. Really? Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, and um, oh, shoot, I was yeah, it, it, I, I did think it was interesting how much Callie, so number eight, how how much she played a role. I mean, she's the she's the instigate, basically the instigating moment for their kind of rebellion against Brenner, which leads to him eventually 
having eleven. I mean, that's what this story is about. So, I'd say uh, for being such a quick and easy read, it's I would definitely recommend it if you're a fan of the show. I guess some people uh, pointed out that there's a little inconsistency in terms of the dates that it makes eleven a year too old or something like that. Uh. That's I mean, you have to you have to kind of and believe me. I have been in lots of message board fights over little nitpicky stuff like that in Star Wars expanded universe novels and comics. You you gotta. I want them to do their best to keep all their facts straight, and that would be a pretty simple thing to keep straight, in my opinion. But you also got to be able to roll with it uh, if you're gonna enjoy these tie-in novels. Yeah, and that's that kind of stuff. If it, unless it's like super glaring, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. I'm I'm going to be entertained and, and to get the story. If there's some anachronisms or some wrong dates, it's uh, I just I'm too old. I'm too old to care about that <laughs> stuff now at this point. You're the Murtaugh of our, uh, our group. Uh, rub, rub, rub is on my desk. Rub is, rub is on my chair. Rub is, rub is, rub is. That, uh, no, I liked it. I liked it. As I was telling you guys, like I kept messaging you, like it's pretty good. Huh? I, I read through it really quickly. It is a quick read, though. I mean, it, it's not the prose is not dense. Let's just say that it's yeah. that's how a lot of the Star Wars tie-in novels are too. I mean, they're probably written at a I don't know what grade level, but I mean, they're meant for reading yeah, through yeah, quickly and just kind of enjoying. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be pulpy. Yeah, you know, adventure yeah. stuff. I, I, I listened to the audiobook, and I don't think that was any more than, like, I don't know, eight or nine hours. It's pretty short. Right. So. Um, I thought the ending was pretty powerful. Um, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I yeah, liked I, it. I don't want to spoil it in case people do yeah, want to read yeah, it. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I, I don't. It just came out. I am more looking forward to the to the Hopper book, because I, I get the feeling that's just going to be a hard-boiled uh, cough story, which you know, yeah. that's not my favorite genre, but I love the Hopper character so much that mm. any bit of backstory that we can get for him, uh, you know, I, I like. And I, trust me, I love the kids, and I identify with the kids, but I'm, I'm turning 40 this year, so I more identify with Hopper than the kids at this point. Sure. <laughs> so, maybe yeah. even Ted. I think I might be, might be becoming <laughs> Ted, so... <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then the book that's coming out in August or September is about Max and her time in California before they move. So that one I'm, I'm interested in as well because she kind of did get the short shrift in season two, and I'm sure they'll build on her in season three. Um, like my wife was like, ah, I don't really care for that character. Why they have to bring in another girl? I'm like, because yeah. <laughs> that's what happens mm. with teenagers. That's why. Yeah. yeah. No, I, uh, the Hopper one, I mean, obviously, I've got a lot more interest in that just because he's, if not the best character, in my opinion, on the show, or one of the best. And, I mean, getting Eleven's parents' kind of background and Brenner's background is important to the overall story of the show. Yeah. Terry's not a main character on the show, you know, I don't hardly. And, care about her outside the context of what it means for Eleven's character, you know what I mean? Yeah, so that's so, yeah, so she's, the, the, she's the perfect kind of character to do a tie-in book for because sure, you know that's what those tie-in books are for is to give time right. to characters that you're not going to get time for in the show. 
That's why it's cool that though they're gonna we're gonna get this that much more on Hopper because I think that'll be that'll be really good. So yeah, just, he's like the perfect blending of of like the classic John Carpenter hero mixed with uh, Snake Plissken Carpenter, and then um, uh, who, uh, Tom Atkins' character from Halloween Three. Like that's yeah. what he reminds me of really. The more I think oh, yeah. about it, yeah. So. Yeah, looking forward to it. Cool. Well, uh, that's so that's basically what we've been up to uh, in the lead up to season three. I don't think the novel really had any kind of hints or anything towards season three. It really was just a true tie-in, which is cool. I mean, we don't need we don't need to be spoiled for season three just no. yet. Uh, um, so with that, we're gonna pivot to just a brief talk about season three. We're less than a month away. From the whole show dropping, it just seems kind of hard to believe. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite a while, and um, uh, well, it really has. It's been almost two years. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Halloween week of twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah. So that that feels like too long. <laughs> it does. But, uh, it's Netflix. But they though. gotta they do what they, they gotta do. Yeah, they gotta do what they gotta do. Well. So I pu- I put a few bullet points in here. We already talked a little bit about the uh, the Baskin Robbins, but it was just kind of crazy to me. I've noticed here on social media a lot the last couple of weeks just the ramp up in commercial promo tie-ins that are going on. Merchandising where the real merch money is made. Merch and merchandise, yeah. Merch. Yeah. So the arm. first one that is is definitely a thing that's going to be happening is new Coke. So I don't recall <laughs> drinking New Coke. I would have been like one in 1985. So I you guys love to fill me in on New Coke. I was turning six. Um, my family was always uh, Pepsi or RC Cola. Drinkers. Oh, I love RC Cola. I yeah. think everybody loves RC Cola because it's not yeah. as sweet as as Pepsi is. I love Coke. I, I Coca Cola. If I'm going to have soda, it's going to be Coca Cola. I couldn't tell you what New Coke tasted like. I don't think it was bad, um, from what I remember, because I'm sure I had it. Um, I try all. I, I'm I'm a sucker for the different brandings. Like I, I was showing yeah. Dave a picture of the Mountain Dew uh, Liberty Brew that I bought today. <laughs> you know, it's like yes. sell me on your different flavors. I'll try them. Um, nice. Like that orange vanilla Coke that's out now is unbelievable. It's um, awesome. It's really awesome. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was a, I was almost ten, and I, mean, I remember New Coke, but it was like I didn't think it was that bad, so I don't know. Were they trying to make it like diet, like taste like Diet Coke or something like that? It was just so it was just they the were, formula. Um, well, yeah, that was the height of the color wars. Yeah, they were losing the to Pepsi. They were losing to Pepsi. Pepsi had you know they had like Back to the Future and really like kind of like Pepsi kind of took off. Uh, they had Michael Jackson. That too. That's yes. you know they were like, the, the Pepsi generation. You know that's the, yep. the thing. If you if yeah, old people drank Coke, young hip people drank Pepsi. So that was it was their oh, attempt boy. to capitalize on the on the youth, um, and it backfired so, massively. Well, yeah, they just they made this new flavor, and apparently everybody hated it. And again, like I was a kid, so like my taste buds were kid taste buds, which sure. was more sugary and horrible, the better. So. It, fine by my standards but 
everybody else hated it. So yeah, then you're talking to the guy who loved Crystal Pepsi. I think I drank more Crystal Pepsi I than anybody. Crystal Pepsi. We were. I was in Denver when that came out. I was in the test market, baby. I got it wow. more than anybody. Like, oh, I was so sad. Pepsi was gone. Um. Yeah. So they. Um, yeah. And then of course, famously, they were able to bring classic Coke back, and it's been that way ever since. And so. they did keep New Coke around as Coke Two for for several years. So they did. Yeah. Um. But uh, it's going to be interesting. I, you know, if they're using the same formula from from 1985, I'm definitely going to be grabbing it. And I think every. Oh, I'm going to try it for sure. Well, Coca-Cola, their products in general are all going to be themed in July, end of June through July mm-hmm. for Stranger Things. So each brand is going to have a different can. Um, and if I don't have enough Stranger Things crap already, uh, <laughs> and the fact that I do uh, love Coke and so does my wife means that there will probably yeah. be several 12-packs purchased so that I can I can get all the cans. Mm-hmm. So. That's awesome. Same here. Same here. Yeah. We don't drink a ton of soda, but my growing up we did. And we, although it was mostly my mom was a Diet Coke like addict, like <laughs> doing Diet Coke 24-7. No water, just Diet Coke. <laughs> um, I've been there. I've been there. That was my dad. Uh, but, but uh, we were a Coke household, although growing up in West Virginia, we didn't – it's weird how regional I feel like soda can be, but oh, yeah. RC was RC was yeah. one we drank a lot. Mountain Dew, drank a lot of Dew. We lived in Appalachia. I mean, what else, you what else do the can do. you do with the Dew? That's right. Well, I got – And uh, Luke from the uh, Get Back to the Wrestling podcast and the yep. Vault of Horror podcast, he's telling me about oh, Cheerwine. I know, Luke. Yeah, yeah he's telling me about oh, yeah. Cheerwine, which is, I guess, a southern thing, and it's cherry-flavored soda, and it's like, I need to mm-hmm. have this. I oh, yeah, this. it's good. Well, then when we moved to – you know, then we ended up moving to Texas, where here it's all Dr. Pepper. Dr. Well, Pepper is the king. That's my all-time favorite soda. I have two Dr. Yeah, Pepper t-shirts. Doc- I am a Peppa. Pepper. Well, I, that's got to be the sweetest one, right? Is that my imagination? I, I, I don't think so. See, I uh, like Dr. Pepper because it's got... The, the 23 flavors? Well, it's got the 23 <laughs> flavors, but it's 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 got more depth to it. I mean, Coca-Cola yeah. is like, here's molasses, drink it, and it's delicious. Yes. Pretty much, yeah. Dr. Pepper's got a little bit more complexity. I can't believe I'm trying yeah. to get sommelier for soda here. But, no, no, no. Um, no, I'm with you. I like I love Dr. Pepper, But too. I also love Moxie yeah. as well, which is a New England thing. Um, which one? Moxie. It's one of the first sodas. Okay. It's very herbally. Um, okay. It's almost <laughs> like cough syrup, like old school wow. cough syrup flavored. Uh, it, think of, think if you could take a Ricola cough drop and make it into a drink. Interesting. Uh, wow. I like it. It's you know, but I also like root beer and I like anisette. Flavors. Oh, I love root so beer. So it's like, yeah. If you like some of the heavier herbal flavors, you'd probably like it. Um, <clears throat> drink it cold. It's not good room temperature. Even I'll say that. Um, you might not even be able to find it outside of a certain once you maybe once no, you pass the Mason Dixon line, I don't think you're gonna see it. No, um, don't need that Yankee soda down here. Oh, it's Yankee, all right. Ted Williams used to promote it, so uh, oh wow, well, he's a Red Sox, but uh, yeah, well, it's, I know it's more of a, it's more yes. of a northeastern yes uh, thing. But um, you know, I could talk sodas all day. Jeez, oh my god, nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> now I feel like that. I need to cleanse my palate with some Country Time Pink Lemonade now. <laughs> Cool. 
Well, so well, I'll definitely have to try it. Hopefully, it is. I haven't actually read into it. I hope it is actually the new cork, new Coke formula. Just uh, be able to try that. What a cool uh, thing to bring back for the show because we just watched right beforehand. They're on YouTube right now. There is a Stranger Things at the Starcart Mall movie theater kind of ad you would see before the movie theater with Stephen Dustin and I think I saw Lucas at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And they got their new Coke in the theater, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Uh, you know, it's it's taking me back to being a kid, obviously. But uh, you know, who knows? It might explode now, and people might you know be like, "This is great. Why did people not buy this?" You know, right, right. I would you never laugh know. so what? hard if new Coke took off now. Like I would just laugh. The, 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 the funny laugh. the funny thing is, anytime that they do a, a special flavor Mountain Dew or a special flavor Coke. Or special flavor Dr. Pepper, like there's a berry Dr. Pepper now, and it's like I don't even want to try that. Um, yeah. For and that's me saying that, so that's telling you something. Uh, it's all just done to bring you back to the brand. That's why they don't stick around. You know, it'll be out for a couple of months, and you know, then you I go guess, back to drinking yeah. your whatever the prime version of the yeah. soda is. Coke Prime. <laughs> Coke Prime. Well, yes. well, so just how they. Just like with season two, where a lot of the promo material was around the arcade where they were playing, uh, and Will has a vision of the Mind Flayer. Yep. This season, a lot of the promo material, which there hasn't been a lot of promo material, but what there has been has focused around Steve and his job at the Starcourt Mall in the Scoops Chips. Ahoy. Scoops Ahoy. I wrote Chips Ahoy here. That's not right. That's Scoops Ahoy. <laughs> yes. I'm familiar with Chips Ahoy. But uh, Scoops Ahoy. So. Baskin Robbins, of all places, is doing a what I realized after looking at it tonight a huge tie-in yeah, with tie-in. with the Scoops Ahoy. I mean, they're really doubling down. They've got lots of different Stranger Things uh, sundays and treats and flavors that they're going to have in the store, and and tons of merch. So if you're an ice cream fan, that's going to be a big opportunity uh, to go check it out. I saw on the subreddit, speaking of from earlier, they in the stores they have a, like a cardboard standee with, of Steve in his Scoops Ahoy outfit with the face cut out that you can stand behind and put your face on Steve's body in the cutout for a picture. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, it's just like things are going off the rails with the Stranger Things promo stuff <laughs> ah, right now. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's Hey, you know, strike while the iron's hot. No doubt. I just think it's so funny when we when we first started as a group, like really discussing, like, man, the show is so great. We should talk about it more. It, it's impossible to have known this how it was going to end up. Yeah, because season two really didn't do any much cross promotion with anything. Not that I recall. Like, I don't did 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 Ego even put 11 on the boxes at all? I don't think they did. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I was going to say they might have, but we don't. And their sales sales skyrocketed. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. So. I have a Dago patch on my bag, but, yeah. So, another another one that I actually saw, and I saw this on Instagram first, was like a sponsored ad, because, I don't know, somehow it came to me there, but Schwinn, has made a basically a duplicate of Mike's bike oh, that you man. can you can get 
That's awesome. Uh, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, let me see if I can. I'm looking it up too. <laughs> yeah, I've got it right here. So let's see if I can see what the make is. It didn't really say, but basically it's it's the same bike he has, the tall handlebars, the banana seat, the small wheels, and the uh, light it's Lucas's front. bike. Is it Lucas's bike? Sorry, it is I thought Lucas's it said Mike's bike. bike. Yes. Uh, oh, no, Second Stranger. Okay, so there's a Lucas and a, a Mike. A Mike. Well, there you go. So um, if you're looking for a new bike and you want a, a vintage ride and you don't want to go on Craigslist or yard sales, you can get yourself a Stranger Things variant of a vintage twin bike, which talk about talk about deep cut. Yeah. We'll even see how much they're riding the bikes this season. They're getting a little bit older. Um, yeah. I mean, the bikes were a huge part of the story in the first season, but uh, I think Ooh. it's cool that it's a, Good luck time. trying to get them. 500 Mike's bikes will be available. Oh, dang. And let's see if I can get a number on the Lucas ones. Uh, let's see, 500 for the Lucas bikes. Interesting. Uh, Back about here. You uh, can chase. Uh, you can get the Lucas bike on Amazon. Um, the Mike one you have to call one eight hundred Schwinn S C H W I N N. I'm sure by the time we release this, they'll probably already be gone and have a huge, hilarious, huge markup on the second. Yeah, market. big premium. Yeah. Ay. That's cool though. Yeah, it is pretty cool. <laughs> Oh, I'd love to have them. You know, that's the kind of thing I I wish they would just, like, make them in order, you know? Because obviously they don't want to, like, mass produce them. You know what, though? You could probably find that model of bike and piece it together for easier. Oh, totally. Strip the paint and paint it the way you want. Oh, yeah, totally. So. Oh, I think they're, speaking of the bikes, in, I think there was a section even about the bikes in the world turned upside down, wasn't there? There, there is. They, like a breakdown of their different bikes and I their have, different little things they stuck me, on it. Give me a moment, I will uh, Yeah. I will do a flip through, because I know they have the quote about Hopper saying a bike is like a Cadillac to these kids. Right. Um, so I do believe they do touch on the bikes. Uh, yep, there is a two-page spread. On the bikes. That's a, that's the kind of I mean I that's the kind of stuff I appreciate from that book is you know I mean not that that's like ground shaking information or or huge to the plot of the story or anything like that but just cool little details on the stuff that was important it was important their bikes were super important some of the coolest moments on the show happened while they're running around on those bikes so yeah. cool. Well, so I, I sent it to you guys the other day, but the new, I mean, what I'd kind of call the, the not the teaser poster, but the, the main poster art came out the other day for season three. And I, I like, I really like the different season one, two, and three posters in that style with like 11 in the middle and then everyone kind of arranged around her, a very yeah. Drew Struzan yeah. style. Yep. Yeah. You know, poster. Love. I always think so, some of the likenesses are always, the expressions are a little weird some, yeah. sometimes. You ever think that? I always feel like Will yeah. looks like, 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 uh, he's, I guess <laughs> like he's, he's terrified like, all the time. Like he's but, a little, got a little too much ET in him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big old eyeball. But it's still good. The, the colors are awesome. The neon, you know, from the mall. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and there is, 
I'll have, I should pull it up in front of me right now because there is definitely some, I mean, to me, some hints at where things could be going in season three with, uh, like, the way it's arranged, I guess. I mean, it's all conjecture, but Billy, Billy's down in this section by himself and, and makes you wonder if, you know, what his fate will be, I guess, in the new uh, I season. I think he's going to get Henry Boward. I think they're going to pull from pull from King on that. Yeah. I think he's going to be uh, possibly a little touched. Yeah. Uh, well, well I, yeah, so yeah. it shows him surrounded by dead rats and live rats, yeah. but the dead rats look pretty gnarly. And, yeah. and rats are going to be a big not a good thing, time. I guess, in this season. They've mentioned the rats quite a bit in all the promotion and the interviews. So Yeah. See Lucas has got his uh his slingshot at the ready, so he's he's still got it ready to go. Yep. Uh, um Yeah. No, it's a it's a cool poster. Um and just makes me ready for the show to come on already. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's, they, they talked a little bit in the World's Turn Upside Down books about some of the hints about where it's going after the trailers, I think. Um, yeah, I'm mean, excited. It's, it's going to be an interesting interesting uh, season, I think. So. Well, I think we've already, we've discussed just by the nature of the the lab story seemingly kind of been tied up that I think we should all expect maybe a bit of a departure from the first two seasons. Yeah. And you think that's a fair thing to consider? I I think so. I don't know if we'll have any dealings, um, back in the, in the lab, um, with the kids anyway. Um, I don't think they'll be going back there. So, um, I think it's going to be, I mean, it's the summer, it's the summertime. They're going to also be trying to enjoy this summer. It's like, I'm sure there's going to be a call to, to not get involved because they are getting older and they probably want to live their lives. So I'm thinking that might yeah. be part of the season as well. Yeah. My guess is this will be the one where I think it will take just a little bit longer than the previous two seasons to kind of get to the supernatural elements. I think they'll be there from the get go, but I think it'll be more of a slow burn in that respect. I think. Yeah. I think I you think have to, funny. I think you have to show them being kids and have, right. be, you know, being kids for a while during the summer and then whatever interpersonal stuff is going to happen will probably be what the beginning of the season is, you know. Do, right. do we want to uh, give our spoilerific, like, theories or do we want to go that far? Like, what we think, uh, like, more detail what we think is going to happen or just kind of leave it vague-ish? Well, I don't really have a – I mean, we talked a little bit about that previously. I don't really actually have a ton of ideas of where it's going to go. Other than, I think in the trailer, it's pretty clear that Billy's got something going on, like he's been bit or scratched or something. He's got like a weird black infection on his arm. Yeah, I, I think and, I think that he's coming back through him. That's fine. Yeah, he, or some way somehow he's he's gonna get messed up that way through like it's the upside down creatures. The yeah, well, and that that was that was something we kind of talked about a couple of weeks ago. There's something about the water, maybe, yeah. or the pool. Yeah, we'll have to see about that too. 
Um, you know, I guess I didn't realize this, but I was watching a YouTube video that's kind of breaking down the cast and the the actress. It's the female lifeguard that works with Billy. She's like a name actress, I guess. I mean, that's new to the cast this year. Oh, yeah. But she, it makes me she's not really in any of this stuff. I mean, she's not in the poster. She's not. It just makes me wonder if maybe there is really something bad happening in the pool, and that's why maybe she is with Billy. Like maybe they both get messed up. Um, and then I guess I guess the woman who the actress, sorry, that works with um, Steve at the, the Scoops Ahoy place, yes, is also a name actress as well. So and she's in the teaser like with the main gang. So I think she's um. Isn't she like Keanu Reeves' daughter? No, Uma Thurman, no, Alyssa Hawk. That's the yeah. one. Yes, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she's gonna have a role to play in the in the plot for sure. Do you guys have the poster up? I just have one more thing to point out on the poster. Yeah, go for it. I do. Yeah. Okay, so look at the bottom left where the fair is, and this bad guy we've seen in the teaser that is chasing him through with the gun. Yep. What does that pose kind of remind you of? Anything? Terminator. It reminds me of the Terminator. Yeah. Well, if so, you look at where uh, Billy's standing in front of, he's in front of an ironworks. Oh, he is, yeah. I love that his car made the poster. That's awesome. Uh, how could you not have that car? I, the I know, I know, I know. It's great, though. Yeah, I, that definitely was a Terminator-esque pose to me. And the way in the teaser, the guy kind of like... You know, very mechanically comes around the corner with his gun. I'm not saying it's a robot or terminator or anything, but I'm thinking, you know, he's an he's an assassin or something oh, yeah. there to to clean up. Yeah, it begs the question, like, you know, will it be our government, like, that's sending him in, right. or is it going to be somebody else's? Because we kind of had the government kind of pull out of everything in the end of yeah. last season. So, but then again, that was just. The scientists, you know what I mean? Right. This, this could be the military now, you know. So. One one more question I have is: Do you think Hopper and Joyce are going to finally get together? Yeah. Oh yeah. I kind of think so too. I, I, or they may already be together when the when the season comes comes you know when it begins. Uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, based upon the little tease that we had where he's where Hopper's clearly on a date waiting for somebody. It's uh-huh. it, maybe he's playing the field because he's trying to, you know, just be a good friend to Joyce, but I'm sure by the end of this, they'll be together. They kind of, I mean, they, 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 they have the most Look. important stuff. Like Murray said, they, you know, shared trauma. <laughs> so yeah, true. All right. Well, well, well we really need a guy named David to hook up with Winona Ryder. That's all I'm saying. Because <laughs> it's just very, very important that, for all us other games out there. That's, well, anyways. I, I watched the teaser again, and yeah. when it shows that scene of him sitting at the dinner table, you know, waiting for someone to get there, smoking a cig, of course, yeah. it smash cuts right to Joy sitting at her, like, coffee table oh. eating dinner. So I'm like, maybe she, maybe she stood him up, or I don't know. But... They, I do agree. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna get together this season. Hopefully for the, for good, not for anything tragic. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, you never know. <laughs> all right. One more question. Sorry, right, I'm just coming right. up off the all oh, on the flight. One more. One more. Do you think the whole cast, the main cast, is gonna get through 
unscathed, meaning, I guess, alive. Do you think we're going to have any of the main characters die this season? Do you think that's somewhere the show would go? I think I, the big four kids are off limits. Um, yeah, you think the plot armor is thick yeah, on those and I think, four? I think if they, so after the self-actualization that Max had at the end of the second season, <clears throat> um, and just with the current social climate, I think if anything happens to her, there'd be a major backlash, so I don't see anything happening to her either. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jonathan's fair game. Nancy could be yeah. fair game. Yeah. Hopper could be fair game. Yeah. Uh, Joyce could be fair game, but I don't think yep. um, even Steve, um, I could see that one being the one where, I you think, know. I think Steve feels like he's definitely at risk to me. Yeah, and I mean, everybody loves him now, so what's the most dramatic thing you can do with him (laughs) give him a hero's death you know right but um you never know and again the show is it definitely has stakes and things happen but it's also not game of thrones yeah is it trying to be yeah Yeah. i mean none of the goonies died you know right like it it stand by while during their adventures none of them died uh in it none of the kids die when they're kids uh, no. Sorry, spoilers if you haven't read the book. Um, right. <laughs> so, which, by the way, side note, related because that show, you know, obviously the losers so resemble our crew here. The trailer for it part two was insane, yeah. but we'll... yeah, unsettling to say yeah. the least. Hey, anything's yeah. going to be better than the miniseries part two because, and I like the miniseries. Yeah. But the the second part is not is not good. When they're right. So I'm looking awesome. forward to uh, to that as well. But eh. yeah, I don't know. I I agree. I think the main kid group is probably pretty safe. Yeah, it's it's uh, funny because I'm almost like, is it almost more of a trope to like suddenly kill somebody off? Like maybe kill, killing I, kids is still a tough sell unless it's on HBO. Um, and again, if I'm watching a horror movie, I don't mind the children or animals being put in peril and, and killed. And again, and this is partially a horror story, but mm-hmm. um, I, I think if they were going to do it, they would do it where it's earned. Um, so that, it would, yeah. you know, I don't see them just doing it to do it, to get people talking. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I hope for. I mean, if they come across like, Oh my gosh, this is the thing to do. Yes, uh, please, please yeah. do it. But and don't just, yeah. yeah. If that's the case, then Billy, who, if he is turned into something, uh, maybe he's, you know, patient zero for whatever is happening in the town this season. Um, I don't think there'd be any love loss if he did get killed and if he, if he yeah. does go full villain. Because um, yeah. I don't think Hopper would have any qualms about putting two in his chest, you know. So, well, that feels like an 80s horror movie to me. You know what I mean? Like somebody turning into the monster. And that's it. They're done. And you go kill the monster because it's a monster. It's not the kid anymore. You know? Right. right. So. Yeah. It, that just feels like an 80s story to me. Yeah. You know? Rather than like, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Like I, I, I kind of go back and forth. I feel like suddenly killing off one of the kids feels a little more like a now show thing versus like a 80s-ish story. Uh, King King would kill kids in his stories, though. 
right and, and, yeah, and put key. them in and put them in serious jeopardy and and again this is influenced by but it, it's it is still trying to do its own thing um, yeah it, if they do I, if they do it i think they'll do it the right way yeah to where, to well, where we'll we'll appreciate you, it you know what changes my answer on it is just just having actually read that in their some of their comments in the world the world's turned up world turned upside down book you know because they talked about how they didn't realize what a crossover family hit they ended up having. Yeah. So my guess is that's another reason they didn't kill off Eleven. Yeah. My guess is if the show had still kind of skewed and been, like, more adult in nature, even though it's homages and of 80s stuff and starring kids, I could see it being, like, ultimately a darker show if that was the audience it grabbed. Yeah, I mean, my my mother sure. my mother is not a science fiction nor fantasy fan, and after I watched this, I was like, just try it. You might like it. It might not be your. I don't think it's your cup of tea, but but give it a shot. And my mother and father, my father likes sci fi and fantasy, um, but she doesn't. And she burned through that with my dad in two sittings. Uh, same with season two. So, you know, if you're hitting the the seventy year olds. 75 year olds you know <laughs> that don't you do that, right. yeah that don't usually watch genre television then you're doing something right yeah that's awesome that's really awesome yeah I'm, I'm really excited for it here's my big dilemma I'll throw this out there by the time anybody probably responds to this it'll be over with but my wife's going to be out of town unfortunately she's going to be in Guam guys whoa so <laughs> What do I do? Do it. Uh, no, I want to. I don't uh, think I can wait. Uh, you have to because we need you to watch it for the podcast. See? That's there what you, you should oh, say. Okay, I can pull that card. I'm yes, off, I'm off the third, fourth, fifth, like sixth, and seventh. So. I think I am as well. Hey, guys, I think I'm off. Joy has hung out well. with Chris in real life, so I can leverage that. She likes Chris. <laughs> yeah. So if I say Chris asked me, like it's kind of a gimme. So. Well, Maybe maybe you can head. When will she be back? So she gets back on, I think, the, the 5th. But here's the thing. Okay. She's coming from Guam, so she's going to be super stupid. Jeff. What, what I was going to say is, what if you watch, I mean, this may be difficult as well. What if you watch the first one so that we can quickly get on episode one? Because we'll be, like, I'm off oh, that guys, whole. I'm just going to binge watch the whole season okay. and just watch it again with her. I mean, come on. I'm just trying to help you out here. I'm just saying, no, what if you could negotiate a, hey, I'll watch season one for the pod, or episode one for the pod, and we'll binge it when you're available, you know, two days later or something like that. See, if she wants to but... debate, You've got JC, whose initials are also the same as Jesus Christ, <laughs> telling you to do the good thing, and then you got me on the other shoulder going, do it. Do it. Do it. I am. An you are the Senate, Dave. <laughs> I love you. I love you guys so much. <laughs> so funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I no. I, man, I'm so excited. I can't believe it's less than a month. Holy cow. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome, and I can't. Uh, I'm I'm stoked that it's on a holiday too, because yeah, we'll we'll oh, we'll binge it as well. Thing to do because people are gonna go to their cookouts on the fourth, and then when they get home. They're gonna fire it up, or they're just gonna binge it the whole next day. It's like, yeah, it's brilliant. Well, and, and man, fourth, and I love the 
and the teaser is awesome. I hadn't watched it in a while, but just the way it kind of builds yeah, and builds and builds and the fireworks, it is, it is, oh, they, whoever cuts their teasers, I didn't think any teaser would be as good as the thriller teaser for season yeah. two, but this one's up there. It's really good. I, and, uh, I mean, I love the song. Dude, I love the 4th of July, man. I'm stoked for oh, that yeah. being kind of the, the event the season is kind of built around like Halloween was last time. So it's going to oh, yeah, be fun. Well, 4th of July is a big deal in our family. And we always go to Denver and visit our family and stay with them. But because of her quad trip, we're going later. So it's actually working out perfect. It's working out perfect. Because Joy will come home. We can watch all of Stranger Things. I can get my second go around, take notes of the show. And then I'll go out of town with the family and watch it like a third time in Colorado. So it would be awesome. Uh, yeah, no, I'm so excited. So. Cool. Well, that was all I had planned out for the show tonight. Is there anything else in the... Oh, wait, no, sorry, one more thing. This just happened today, oh. and I didn't put it in the notes. The uh, the soundtrack's out for pre-order. Is it really? Yeah. Now, is that the and score or the, like, the one where they... No, I mean, the score, the actual score... Um, and it uses obviously the the art. I actually think it might use. I have to look at it again. At least on the 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 pre-order art, I think is the the one that came out earlier this year, where it's they're on the hill. The main the main kid crew is on the hill looking at the fireworks and like holding hands. Yeah, they're holding hands. I think that might be the art they use for that. Guess what? It's it's a, the vinyl at least is a double LP like the other ones were. And it comes with a seven-inch single that is an original cast recording, as if like the cast actually sings something in the season that then you, you would want on a seven-inch single. Interesting. That's awesome. <laughs> Who knows what that could That's be? Awesome. Who knows oh, what that could God. be? So They've done really a... good with the uh, the music releases for the show. Oh yeah. Awesome. Good. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I know we've talked about it before, because I never, ever have bought... I've listened to them all a lot. I've listened to, especially season one, I've listened to that score a lot. and But I've never bought the, the, the LPs. But they're back in print. They're kind of out of print for a while, but they're back in print and much more affordable now on Amazon if anyone's interested in, in doubling down on, on the on the vinyls. That's one of the things but, I really appreciate about that is that they, they did like limited releases and cool things but then they've been really good about just if you want to get those on the, the record just to have them. Like, yeah, keeping them in circulation. Yeah. yeah. I really appreciated that. Yeah. That was the last, that was officially the last thing I had that it's <laughs> out there for it comes out later in July. JC and I are huge final score collectors so you have to Give us that one. We're gonna yeah, I'm having fun just, I'm having fun tracking down what I'd say is like the, you know, the canon, like my all-time favorite film scores, especially if I can get, I like the older releases. They, I know most of them are grossly incomplete, you know, they're just kind of 10 mishmash tracks from these old movies, but you can't beat the old album art covers and stuff from back in the day. Oh, I, I agree. I, I my sisters had records. I had a couple of records, and yeah, there was nothing like being able to take John Denver and the Muppets of Christmas together and open it up and you know oh, see yeah. everything. Yeah, that is one of the things that's lost nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I showed these guys. I, I got a, a sweet deal on the first three Star Trek movie LPs, and uh, 
I don't know. You just I I love the the Spock the search for Spock cover art, and it, I didn't know it was a double LP with like a gatefold, and it had all these awesome pictures from the film in the middle. So is the cover you, of that it, the um, the face outline? Of yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. a great poster, and that's a great score too. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 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 Wrath of Khan Redux, but the uh, I don't know what. Uh, yeah, the Corn, the track where well? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, huh. yeah, I'm pretty sure it's him, isn't it? Isn't oh it? yeah, that's what I love about it. Because yeah, if you love that. If you love the score for Wrath of Khan, you like Wrath of Khan. Even if you if you're one of those people that doesn't like Search for Spock, the which they're dumb. But go I, ahead. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but what's cool about it is that the. Um, the scores, yeah, they just go and they just flow one into the other. Yeah. And, uh, so it's, it's been, you know, it's just more great James Warner Star Trek music. The music for the end of Search of, for, Search for Spock, the last track is really good. The, with the Katra Ritual, that track is really good. Um, anyhow, this is not a Star Trek podcast, but. It could be. I scored a good deal on those. <laughs> it's funny how you would think the that's one thing that always has interested me about these the Stranger Things is they have had a few Star Wars references, no Star Trek. Now maybe these kids are just a little too young, but they so. would have. I think that would have been something they would have seen on syndication. Like they probably did, but it might have been it might have been one of those things where they might have thought it was cheesy. Because they would have yeah. grown up yeah. on Star Wars, they would have right. grown up on, on Star Wars, GI Joe, Masters of the Universe, right? You know, Dungeons and Dragons, clearly. So it's just it's just one of those things that they, now they're the kids that would have probably watched Next Generation when they got older. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. No, as being the roughly the same age and the same time period as the main boys, that's you're dead on the money. Like yeah. Mr. Clark like, would have watched Star Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, like I grew, like my grandpa was always watching it, so I watched the show on occasion. But when it came to the movies, like yeah, I mean it was Star Wars. Just you know, I mean you have to remember at the time that these think about it. Star Trek three, right, is roughly in that time zone. You know, that's, right? Yeah, right. So you're talking about like this is when they were all getting old and pudgy, and you know what I mean. So you go from so very tired. Yeah, you go from. <laughs> You know, like Star Wars, and you got Harrison Ford in his prime. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Carrie Fisher. You know, like it's. I mean, you just come off coming off Return of the Jedi and going to Star Trek three as a nine, ten year old. It's like, yeah, no, like, it's not. <laughs> it's not you know what I mean? And, and I was. It took me a couple of years. About a, you know, about probably like eighty nine, ninety is when I started going kind of back and kind of getting into Star Trek. And, you know, realizing, oh, this is cool too. But, yeah, definitely in the mid-80s, yeah, Star Wars was killing Star Trek on yeah. all fronts. Until, yeah. until Next Gen hit. <laughs> yes, and I was this huge Next Gen kid, like hardcore. Like, oh, yeah, I was too. Yeah, it was like, yeah, we were, yeah, big time. But, I had, I had and that's all, kind of what got me back into it too. I had all those first-run Galoob action figures with only the five points of articulation that were terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that's those funny. Were bad toys. <sighs> but I have them. Nice. Cool. Well, yeah, that that's about all I had for this evening. It's been a great hyping up with you guys. I'm I'm really excited for season three. I think we all are. 
Um, I think it's just, I mean, with all the promotional stuff, the, the whole world's getting hyped up for this. I mean, it's, it's, we've reached the big leagues here for Stranger Things. This is season four Seinfeld level hype, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, well, and and one last thing about that, I guess, just to kind of gauge your guys' feeling about it. So for us, we've really only done Endgame this summer. Um, we kind of just got busy. I wanted to see Godzilla. My wife really didn't care. So Godzilla was awesome. I, I, I'm sure it's awesome. We're Mr. Clark was in it. We're skipping. Oh, oh really? For like two minutes. I'm going. Oh, that's funny. Um, we skipped Dark Phoenix because the reviews said it was so horrific. Yeah, so. I, am, I think I'm done with that franchise. I, I can't wait for Feige to do something with it. Right. So I guess I, my kind of my point is I feel like there's kind of a lull in the summer that, that, that Stranger Things, I think, is kind of getting more hype than some of the summer movies. You know what I mean? Like everybody's kind of waiting for Spider-Man and Stranger Things to hit, you know? Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's just my own head, like... Well, Game of Thrones was was a huge thing, yeah. but that started in like right. what March or April. So I mean that that's already kind of come and gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually was looking at matinee tickets. If we hadn't gone to the beach, I was going to hit the 9 a.m. show with the boys this morning to see Godzilla. They really want to see it. I really want to see it. Um, oh, and Millie Bobby Brown's in it too. How could I forget? Well, that too. Oh, yeah. How yes. could we forget that? That's it. I'm going to tell Joy I want to go to Godzilla. Yeah. She's gonna come home tonight. She's gonna be in good mood. Have girls night out. I'm gonna just spring it on her. <laughs> that's that's what you do when girls come home. From girls night. <laughs> no, I, I was oh, I was I was gonna be okay passing it up, but now Hero got me with. Oh, it, I mean, come on. It, uh, spo- spoiler alert. Fast forward ten seconds if you don't want to hear it. Fenway Park and the surrounding Boston area get demolished. Oh yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Finally, my my home city gets destroyed in a movie. It's destroyed. That's pretty cool. Well, at least, yeah, it, it'll never happen for Phoenix. We got nothing but looks iconic. It's like <laughs> it still looks yeah. like dirt. <laughs> the only thing, uh, the only time I've ever seen Houston done in something like that, well, it's an Independence Day. They blow up Houston when they try and nuke the alien ships. Yeah. Two is uh I never watched a TV show but that show the 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 book series The Passage no, I've never seen never heard yeah. of it. Well it was a TV show on Fox this last season I guess this last fall but oh, it's, a, it's about it's about like basically the government secretly breeds it's almost like the stand only with vampires that they okay. basically the government has a secret lab in the Rockies where they're breeding Vampires, and well, they're, they're trying getting, to do something, and they create vampires, right? I can't remember what it was. Yeah, oh, they. The first book well, yeah, the the book is really it's very Stephen King esque for sure. I mean, it's yeah. in that kind of style of writing, and that I felt like he was copying King a lot. But yeah, the yeah. the writer is here in Houston. He's a prophet um, at Rice University. And so one of basically the there's like master vampires, blah, 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 blah. They're kind of tied to where they came from, and one of the vampires came from Houston. So a lot of this plot, they end up back in Houston after hundreds of years of the world being destroyed by this vampire virus. And they're, like, in a building I worked in downtown, you know, for part of the story. Just kind of surreal. But it was nothing like seeing Godzilla stomp the Astrodome or something like that. That would have been better. Yeah, this is a a much bigger thrill than watching... um 
the overhead shots on Flash and Arrow of uh, downtown Boston being used for Star City. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, is that where they is that what they use for that? For a lot of it, yeah. Because I'm like, oh, oh cool. yeah, there's Government Center. Oh, there's the building I used to work in. Right. Nice. Cool. Well, we're all. I don't know if we're going to be able to cram in another episode between now and uh, the the season premiering. I think we're definitely going to get a game plan going to bring y'all good episodes uh, when the season begins. Yeah. But let us know what you think about the lead up to season three, and then we definitely want to hear from you once season three begins or our hits. Yeah. Let us know if your theories were right, if they were wrong, if we're idiots. Whatever. No, I don't want to know that. But yes, the other things, yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for uh, for getting together tonight. Yeah. Like I said at the top of the episode, you can email us at castprotection@gmail.com. Look for us on Facebook. Look for us on Twitter. And until next time, uh, thanks for listening. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True Freaks. Freaks.